Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. Hi everyone, my name is C, I use they them pronouns, and I play Oka Hien, Asamar blood hunter and monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Noct Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include bullying, familial trauma, anger issues, memory loss, romance, flirting, and references to sexual entanglements. Arc 4, Episode 6, Fluctuating Heartbreak, from Why Don't We Fall Down, by Carol Mirakov. The courtyard of the fourth wife of the Emperor of Too Long is a buzz. Lights dance above the heads of mingling nobles, illuminating their embroidered silks and gem-spackled updos. The sleek, curious forms of fish cut through a nearby pond. Dragonflies skirt the rippling surface of the water and winter lotuses bloom, their petals rhymed with an early frost. Music flows from the hands of a Gujung player as they drag dexterous fingers over the strings of their instrument. Nearby, a red-skinned tiefling dancer with ram-like horns and long black hair moves to the music. Twin rapiers flash in her hands as black and white robes billow around her graceful steps. It's a nice touch by Toya Hien, eighth-born to the emperor and the organizer of this soiree. The sword dancer is an intentional hire an aesthetic precursor to the sword demonstration by Toya's youngest sister that is to come. An enclosed arena in the center of the courtyard stands empty, populated only by practice dummies strung from hemp and straw. Toya herself stands off to the side, surrounded by minor nobles feigning concern 
over her recent encounter with Prince Mo Jingqin, the firstborn. Toya's older sibling, Oka Hien, secondborn, stands next to their mother, the fourth wife of the emperor. Oka, you're flanked on either side by your party, Manaya, Dewey, V, and of course Rev, as well as your middle sister, Liangya. Across the courtyard, Toya intentionally avoids your gaze. After all, she has just renounced you, meaning she is now honor-bound to treat you as less than a stranger. This night, Oka, was supposed to be a emotional, joyful, tearful reunion after your seven years of exile for treason and sacrilege. But as you stand next to your mother, one hand on the cool steel of her wheelchair, you can sense the gulf that has cracked open between you and Toya. She doesn't look at you. She can't look at you. You might as well be a ghost. And in many ways, you are. As for the rest of you, Dewey, Manaya, and V, you cast your gazes around this tree-dappled courtyard lit up by the burnished winds of late evening, your noses tingling with the sweet, earthy smell of persimmons and lilies. Dewey and Manaya, this is your first time inside the walls of the slumbering palace, and it's pretty much exactly as the stories say. Royal beautiful, poetic, every brick inlaid with a grain of silver. The two of you, a seclusive inventor more comfortable around objects than people, and a roughened sailor used to speaking plainly, you stick out like sore thumbs. V, you've been here before. Uh, at least you think you have. Uh, there is a hole, a gap, a static fuzz in your memory where the slumbering palace should be, like a gravitational well distorting all recollections at their fringes. You remember sneaking into the palace decades ago on some ill-gotten mission to purloin a scroll about dragons or something from the depths of the slumbering palace's royal library. You remember getting into the forbidden stacks with its shadowy walls and moats of floating dust. You even remember trading something, a memory, in exchange for the book you sought, but what did you trade? What did you offer? What did you give up to the keeper of the stacks? The answer eludes you, like oil rolling off the surface of a lake. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. Nobles mill around the courtyard, all around you, laughing and talking in the sweet roundabout tones of Tzu. Your mission presses in like a shadow. The Emperor will be assassinated on Raven's Head, the first day of winter. You have three weeks to find this killer, starting with the treasonous spouse colluding with them. What do the four of you do? Oka, who continues to kind of look after Toya, um, just glancing over their shoulder every now and again, just almost constantly. There's this kind of energy that they have that seems like tang tangled up. Uh, they're like, foot is pacing, but unlike I think how the party has ever seen them act before, it doesn't manifest itself as a sword fight or a shouting match or a fit of rage. And this like 
ball of um, rage and pain and uh, barbed wire that Oka is comprised of seems to just like melt in the presence of their mother and their sister. And instead, they're like busying themselves, kind of checking on their mom uh, and looking at Toya's books and like talking to her in like quiet tones and just kind of like putting a hand on their mom and then they move over and like ask her if she's okay. And there's the like softest expression that any of you have ever seen on their face before as they're kind of just trying to busy themselves with taking care of their family. I really like that. What about the rest of you? I think at this point, V takes in the scene with Oka and their family, kind of like takes a little note, but then quickly sort of like wipes, sort of like shakes it off and is looking back now into the crowd and maybe looking around at all the different personalities in the room based on the little quick uh, family history, family tree we got um, earlier from, from Oka. I think V is sort of trying to find her mark, so to speak, I guess, to put it in V's terms. And so I think she's slowly, like, walking away from the group, but not exactly leaving the group yet as she's scanning the room, seeing where everyone is. And I think she's kind of most interested in uh, Queen Gua and uh, kind of maybe is looking out because she knows that the queen loves gambling. And so she's, I think she's the most curious about her. That charlatan background. That charlatan background coming back into play. Okay, make a perception check. That <laughs> uh, <not> one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I think what that means is as you're looking around, almost I think a dull ringing sort of starts to fill your ears a little bit. The smells of the slumbering palace, these curved trees, their branches, these beautiful petals, the persimmons flowering, it's all bringing back memories. Memories you've suppressed or have forgotten about long ago. And I think you just sort of, there's a moment where you're standing still and all the nobles of the court are just milling around you, almost sort of like um, a time-lapse photograph as V, you're just stood there like sort of tunnel visioning a little bit. Uh, And with your nat one perception check, I think what that means is instead of you approaching anyone or noticing anyone, someone notices you. And you hear a voice go, well, hello there. And you look up to see an elven demiman. He's got this long black hair uh, pooling in these splendid waves that go all the way down to his feet. You know, and he's got like a, a, a retinue of servants like picking up his hair in like a train behind him, at least like three or four long uh, to make sure that it doesn't like completely hit the ground. Uh, he's dressed in these like really ostentatious robes. There's like a big like cowl that fans out almost in like a Naba- Nabalish fashion. Uh, and you see like gems studded in like a Jukan fashion, like down one side of his robe. And then like um, he's wearing like bangles in a Talmadi fashion. Like he seems to like to collect little things from like each each of the eight nations. And he looks down at you because he's like six foot three, maybe. Aren't you a pretty little thing? You, you've got the aura of a um, actor about you, am I right? I've been known from time to time to dabble in the performing arts when necessary. Sure, you know, if you need to call on someone to hop into a some type of situation, I'm your gal. My name is Victoria. 
Victoria. Ooh, what an exotic name. I've never heard of a Victoria. Is that how you... Never mind. Listen, I am casting for a lead for a play that I'll be directing. And this man very like, like throws out one long sleeve robe and like a servant like rushes forward to make sure the sleeve doesn't hit the ground. Like they do like a football catch, like, like on the ground. And he reaches into this like gap of his robe and pulls out like a little scroll, like a little flyer and hands it to you. And written in two, it says, consort Tao Gushen's reimagining of the Paragon War. Hands it to you. Will you show up? Do I have to audition or am I in? What is, what's, uh... Oh, you'll, you'll have to audition, but I love your cheekbones. Ooh, and the scales. Are those plastered on? And he reaches How in with like a long you? manicured. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> a, a lady does not let just some random stranger touch her on the face. I, oh. I would think you'd have some manners based on your Decor. You have passed my test. Only a shameless harlot would allow a strange person to touch her face without warning. Mm, good job. Your well, eyes. Well, you know, I've been told that I am. I am a temple. Even my blood is worth is invaluable. Mm, I like that. You have a very poetic manner of speech. Uh, your eyes were were they born that way? The two different colors. I've only ever seen that in dogs. Well, you could say that I wasn't born with the different color eyes, but let's say I was born onto a path in the woods. This is very like all of a sudden getting into like chew, um, into a pathway of a forest that uh, led me to a situation where my eyes began to see with all new colors. Well, I do like strolling about in the woods. Perhaps our paths will cross one wintry night. Raven is coming up. Uh, before he continue, two voices cut in. One voice goes, Dad, 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 Dad. And the other vo- voice goes, Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, and you see these two elven twins, like half-elf twins, like come up to either side of their father. Uh, and the one that's like, saying Dad, Dad, Dad is like pulling on their dad's uh, sleeve, saying, uh, I really want to feed the fish. Can I feed the fish? I want to feed the fish. Uh, and the other twin goes, just stop it, wrong. The fish are fine. Remember the last time you overfed the fish at consort Liu Bai Shi's courtyard? You killed them all. Well, I, I didn't know they were on a strict feeding schedule, but hey, it's Arden's place, right? <clears throat> That's the fourth wife to you. You have to use the honorifics. Yeah, 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 whatever. Can I feed the fish, dad, please, please? Uh- <clears throat> Wrong. May, you're 16. Make your own decisions. Great eight. And the two teenagers start peeling off. Children, am I right? They are both our greatest curse and our greatest gift. Ugh, you could tell me that again. They got their father's good looks. Ugh, but their other father's lack of brains. Well, we won't let the other father know that. Oh, no, he's off. He's not here anymore. He went off to... Well, it's a long story. It's gallivanting off in Talmud somewhere, I bet. Uh, but listen, you should audition. I'd love to see you there. These are the dates. Like, presses, like, on the audition dates on the flyer and then, like, pushes it into your hands. V will take it. And um, how far away are these dates? Are they, like, tomorrow or are they... In a, like, in a in week, a maybe. Yeah, in a week. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. This is quite lovely. I will uh, 
do my best to clear my and this is a this is a paid gig, correct? I I I do nothing for free in my life. I learned long ago. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. All actors of cast will be compensated handsomely. And also, if you get the lead role, you'll be headlining. Well, I suppose there are technically eight lead roles, but Really, this—I mean, this is too long. So, of course, the lead lead role will be the paragon of Mengshun Judi. Oh well, why settle for that paragon when you could? Never mind. No, I, never mind. Never mind. You know, I will be there. I will do my best. You know, I'm—I'm I'm but a humble elf, and we'll see what. May the f- cards fall where they may. May the cards fall where they may. And consort Taogu Shen sort of like does like a ooh, like a little bow to you in front of you and then jerks his head toward his retinue who pick up his robes and his hair and his sleeves and carry him off. And now I think we're going to rubber band back to Oka. Standing there with your mom, uh, as well as Liangya, your middle sister, sort of like fretting over them with a lot of love and gentleness. Uh, Liangya is going, oh, and, and that's, that's a book about a... Uh, uh, literature. I've heard that there's going to be literature from all eight nations that are going to be on the exam this year. Uh, right, that's... Uh, have you really still been studying? Of course, basically every day and every night since, well, ever. Yeah, but what about the... They're not... What about the... And Oka kind of looks up into the starless sky, insinuating the you know, world-ending apocalyptic event that we all went through a few months ago? Well, the world may have ended, but tests still need to be graded. <sighs> you know, I almost forgot about tests. You're gonna do great, okay? You you could have taken those tests years ago and passed. I know. Uh, Mom even said that maybe I should have taken it early. I probably could have gotten an exemption when I was 16, like the, like the twins did, Princess Tao's. Uh... But I, I want to be ready. I wanted to be really ready, um, and I, I want to see how how well I can how well I can rank in place. Liangya, <laughs> you're gonna destroy them. You're literally the smartest person I've ever met in my life, ever. <laughs> oh, I I wouldn't say such things. To say it is to, of course, is to disgrace our mother father who is. The dream blessed. Oka kind of rolls their eyes a little and then catches themselves and goes, pip, pip, pip. Huh? Happy? <laughs> okay. Well, oh, it looks like your friend has gone off. Uh, she says, sort of like indicating V, who's wandered off at this point. Oka looks a little worriedly after V, and especially as uh, the sixth husband approaches, they're like, oh, God, okay. <sighs> they try not to have a conniption. It's okay. She can... Honestly, I think she can take care of herself. Okay. So, are you gonna go off and mingle, Oka? Or are you gonna stay here with me and Mom? Me? And Oka kind of looks around the crowd. How many people are looking at me is actually a question I have. Pretty much every single noble within your vicinity is, like, sneaking glances at you. They've got their fans open. They're clearly whispering in, like, hushed tones of two, like, about you. Maybe. And they look kind of through the crowd to where Toya is. Let me go talk to her. Well, uh, well, she, Toya, didn't she just renounce you? And Oka pushes kind of, uh, they, like, look back at their mom. Uh, one minute. 
and they push off uh, and start just kind of pushing through the crowd, unless unless it parts for them like the goddamn Red Sea. It does. Uh, Liangya sort of frets on the spot, like clutching her books, and your mom lets out a... <sighs> Makoya, o- Oka, ah, <sighs> yeah. Because she knows she like can't control you as you like part through the crowd who step away like looking at you. You've definitely got a scarlet letter on your back etched in your own blood. As you approach Toya, uh, the second oldest Hien sibling, surrounded by these like petty nobles and these like minor royals, right, who are all like fawning over her. As Oka approaches this group of nobles, they do kind of they hold some kind of power here and they do know enough about that to wield it in a way. And as they approach, they kind of incline their head uh, and speak low, but they ask, could you please give us a minute? Uh, the petty nobles all like pause when you approach and say this and they turn and look at you uh, and they part, like open up a semicircle, uh, like a bracelet being cracked open and the gem at the center is Toya. She turns to look at you, uh, and you see, like, she looks older. She's, like, 21 now, right? The last time you saw her was seven years ago, so she was, like, 14. She's grown into a beautiful young woman uh, with these sharp, very cunning features, uh, and her hair done up in, like, the latest fashion of the court, of the palace. She turns and looks at you, and... Oh, my... Was it just me, or did the wind just whisper something? And the rest of the nobles all laugh at this joke, uh, rather awkwardly, some of them looking between the two of you. Toya, please. It is not in my business to speak with ghosts. She says, not looking at you. I have been a ghost for a long time, Toya, but right now I'm standing right in front of you. Will you look me in the eyes, please? I am not a spirit seer. I know not of what this Adolin wants of me. Then perhaps we should call in the second wife, since you apparently just love to take orders from people who rank above you now. That's finally when Toya snaps her sharp chin back at you as she takes three steps, closing the distance between you, and jabs a finger in your chest, and sort of says through gritted teeth, like her eyes, her blue eyes flashing with anger, you see a reflection of your own expression in her face, because she is your sister, she's just one, like several years younger than you. You can't do this, Oka. You can't just leave and come back, like, Nothing has changed. Everything has changed. Uh, and Oka kind of is uh, startled, looks down at her finger, looks up at her. I I know. I just... I, is, is this how it's going to change, Toya? You're going to ignore me forever like it hasn't changed? When you died, Oka, when you died, you shattered our family, okay? Mom got sick. Yaya cried for three years straight, and Liangya shut herself away in the library and never came out. And who had to pick up the pieces? Who had to take care of them? Who had to organize all of Yaya's trainings and sword fights and rehearsals? Who had to bring Liangya food when all the servants gave up? Who had to nurse mom back to health from the brink of death? Me. It was me. And you were gone. And you expect to just be able to come back? Like nothing has changed? Like you didn't leave our family ruined? I'm not just obeying Prince Moore because I'm a 
good little servant. I'm doing what I think is right. You don't belong here anymore, Oka. You never have. That shuts Oka down so fast. Like, that somehow I think is actually worse than her renouncing them in front of Prince Moa. And they just, like, look. And their eyes are, like, shot open wide. Oh. An expression of regret flashes over Toya's face for, like, just half a second. Like, she like she regrets what she just said. And for, like, a half a moment, it looks like she might ap- apologize or hug you. But then her face closes up again, and she just goes, Like I said, I am not a spirit seer. I cannot speak to the dead. And she turns and closes the circle on you. Oka stands at her back for, like, a long moment, and their hand, like, reaches out. Like, they're going to touch her on the shoulder again. And, like, just, like, an inch away, they pause, and their hand folds up again. And they turn, and they, like, they're going to go into the house or something. Oh, yeah, they're going to go into, like, they're going to go into the house or something. And they, like, shove somebody out of the way, you know? Like, they just, maybe they shove Dewey by accident. Uh, (laughs) They shove somebody out of the way, uh, and they just, like, uh, go into somewhere that they feel like they can be alone. Yeah, okay, as you just shove past Dewey and, like, go back into, like, your family home, we're going to, like, swing the camera to Dewey uh, as Oka bristles past you, right? So, Dewey, you're in the middle of this courtyard. You stumble a little from Oka bumping into you, surrounded by these nobles. What do you do? Up until this point, I think Dewey has been sort of awkwardly... There are, like, crowds, uh, like, small circles of people talking to each other. Dewey's been on the outside sort of moving from... I assume there are servants bringing food around, and he goes... He kind of, like, oh, he spots a thing, and he, like, moves to that servant and, like, grabs a thing, stands there eating it until... And, like, listening on the conversations around him until he spots another servant and like moves to them and grabs something else to eat and then like listens in on the people around there. But then he gets shaken out of this by Oko stumbling past him and he's snapped out of his like sort of investigative trance. Seems like things have gone bad. So he, he snakes his way through the crowd towards where he saw Oko head towards. As you sneak through the crowd, like, taking drinks from servants and, like, bumbling, maybe, like, apologizing a little bit under your breath, because, oh, God, you're so out of your depths here. Maybe your feather's a little ruffled. Uh, you, begin, you begin to move through the crowd when I think someone steps in your way. The person stepping in your way, oh, excuse me, uh, is an effeminate satyr. They've got these, like, sharp, like, almost, like, eagle-like eyes, right? And even more than the sixth husband, uh, you recognize this person immediately because you're smart. Uh, and you remember Oka's recollections of each of the spouses. This is the seventh spouse, Consort Jean Ping. They are draped in these beautiful velvety silks. Like they're definitely of everyone here, the most like um, ostentatiously done up. Like they should be on like the red carpet at the Met Gala or something instead of just like some little garden party. Definitely overdressed for the occasion. Like their hair is done up in these like two different ways. Uh, you see like a, one side has been like dyed like a deep purple and the other one's a red uh, to sort of signify almost like Scott and Nectus, I think, uh, that are like done up like around their satyr horns. Uh, and they're wearing these like glimmering gems. They've got like these rings that are like weighing their finger. You're like, how can they lift their hands up when their hands are so full of rings? It's like they, they should be like shackles, but they're able to move with grace and fluidity. Uh, and they, oh, 
they prance, they stop like a deer in headlights in front of you, and then they turn, almost with like a predatory look in their face as they see their next mark almost. Uh, they're surrounded by like several, like several servants all like dusting blush on their face and like picking up little like sequins that are falling and putting them back on like their fur and their dress. Um, and Consort Jean-Ping says, oh, my, 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 what do we have here? Uh, and they prance, two, three, four, and stop in front of you, looking down at you. Actually, no. How tall are you? Uh, like, four, not, not, I don't know, four, nine? Okay, they, they look down at you. They're, they're five foot. Yeah. So they, okay. they look down Barely. at you, because <laughs> you're four, nine, yeah. Why, hello there. Uh, hello, and Dewey's trying his best to, like, sidestep and just be, like, do, like, a courteous bow. And They gracefully prance to get into your way. Like, they jump, 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 and they get in your way, with their hooves. I know who you are, I believe. I heard from my lovely little friend, the Eighth Wife, that there were mercenary biographers somewhere here in the palace surrounding our... And they pranced to the side as you try to get around the other side of them. Um, our exiled but now returned, disgraceful but now engraced prince. Is this true? Are you with the biographers? Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. I've, uh, sorry, I have to, um relieve myself if you don't mind me i uh, they just completely ignore you am such a close close friend of the fourth consorts of course arden and because you are a biographer i assume you would like to get close to her as well prance prance is prance a question they they say prance prance as they prance sure um yes what is uh sorry you are my name is, of course, I am the seventh spouse, consort Jean-Ping. And at that, their servants like let out little poppers, and like little fireworks go off behind them. Oh, and look at you. You are full of delicious, incredible little marvelous oddities, aren't you? And they're suddenly up in your face now. They're looking at your glasses. Um. What are you wearing, Dewey? Did you change into, like, the guest robes? Are you carrying any of your equipment? Dewey's wearing, yeah, like a Humphu-style, like, robe that he found in the dressers, but it's, like, a couple sizes too big, a little bit long. <laughs> and it looks, he looks very out of place, because uh, you've never seen him in something quite this fancy. His sandals are on underneath. Oh my god, yeah, he's, he's wearing, um, he's retied the books to his sandals, so, like, the ends, the hem doesn't drag as much on the ground. Oh, um, my <laughs> oh my what? god! Oh my god! That's so funny. You're, you're like an eighth grader at your first prom. Uh, so, are you, <laughs> do you <laughs> do you have like so take ten psychic damage from that comment? Just kidding. Uh, can I say that you've got like your wrench and like a little bit of your tool belt like hitched onto your person? Can I can I establish that? Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> oh, okay, great. I put this tool belt on over this lovely silk robe. Yeah, the concert looks at you and it's going, oh no, 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 no. This color does not go with your feathers and oh, the cut is all wrong. Who was your tailor? Oh, no, by the makeup of this, these are guest robes. You're just in guest robes. No, 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 no. That cannot stand. And she, uh, they stand at attention. I... I'm going to fix you. And by the time I'm done with you, you will be the prettiest peacock in all of the palace. Are you an inventor? They indicate your tool belt. Or perhaps 
A craftsperson? A sculptor? A potter? Oh, you must have such delicate and sensitive emotional artist hands! Uh... I'm a writer. Uh, I would decorate myself as finely as you, but uh, it would weigh my uh, fingers down, you know. Mm. You know what would be perfect on you? A little helmet. That's right. If I put a tiny little helmet over your beak and can open and close when you talk, you would look so pretty. Don't you agree? Uh, I'm alright. I appreciate all of your uh, style wisdom. I'm just a writer, though. I don't mean to... Scrap the helmet idea! And you see, like, a servant was writing stuff down and sketching out, like, a picture, and they immediately crumple it up and they burn it with magic. That's right. Nothing on your head. Your head's a little too bulbous. Let's not focus on that. How about... Mm, oh, look at that dirty, raggy little thing. And she indicates the, the bomb watch strapped to your wrist. Why don't I give you a better one? A nicer watch? Ooh, I know just the perfect craftsperson who can help you out. Have you heard of a... Tarnaxier? I have, yes. They are a hidden gem in Dokao. Hidden! If you breathe a word of their name outside of this conversation, I will hunt you down. But they're beautiful. They'll make delicious, incredible watches for you. I'm sure they will. Ooh! And their wife, the gorgeous Kilohana from down south. Ooh, Hanahi. You know, she immigrated here a couple weeks ago, a month ago almost at this point, before the Dream Shield came up, escaping some sort of storm or something down south. I wasn't really paying attention when they were speaking, but I was so enamored by their dynamic as a couple and how they work together to create these magical objects and sculptures and structures. I think you, I think you could benefit from that, don't you think? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, um... Have been meaning to get a, an upgrade, if you will, uh, on this whole thing. He holds up his wrist. They snap. You, you, and you. They indicate uh, three of their servants. Let's start working. Uh, and they try to like ah. pivot you away from where Oka is to like whisk you off to a corner of like the courtyard to like start start doing you up. <laughs> I think you hear like a screech, and then two gets pulled into the crowd. <laughs> blood-curdling shriek of desperation and fear, and then, like, like a million silk robes are, like, thrown onto your face. Uh, and with the of, like, colorful silk robes, uh, when we pan away, we're gonna see Manaya. Manaya, your party has been ripped and torn and separated to the seven winds of Endake. It's you and Rev standing <laughs> next to Arden and Liangya. What do you do? For this whole time, Manaya has been looking across the crowd, sort of gauging where people are going, but almost viewing it more as the ebbs and waves of the ocean or like schools of fish where there are certain groups and there are certain patterns that go in different directions. But for every three faces or three heads that she uh, keeps track of or that she looks at, she's looking back at Oka. And I think when they start walking off, Maybe Manaya like whispers to Dewey, like try to go follow them a little bit as an excuse for Dewey to be down there over there. And V Manaya doesn't trust V, but V will be okay. But she's she's definitely like she's not trying to be unapproachable, but she is definitely more focused on the room and the crowd at large as opposed to a specific person. Yeah, you're reading the faces around you as if they were ocean currents. And the analogy actually works pretty well. There's sort of like schools of fish swimming around like a coral reef. Um, there's like their own ecosystem 
at work here. It's an ecosystem you don't quite understand. Uh, similar to fish in the ocean, they're not really going anywhere. You know, they're just sort of milling about, doing stuff. There's like groups, schools, quote unquote, of consorts. There do seem to be bigger fish in the ocean, so to speak. Like the consorts are the important ones. They're like big fish that like little fish crowd around. And they're servants, sort of like currents, uh, milling about, giving food, offering, you know, tea, etc. Uh, why don't you just make a perception check for me? And. Ten. Okay. One servant in particular catches your eye. I think because they look rather different from the other servants. The other servants are sort of like dressed. They look really plain, probably on purpose so they don't outshine, you know, any of the other consorts of the nobles there. But this servant is a blue-skinned half-orc. And that by itself is kind of unusual and unique. Uh, and they're currently like serving tea specifically to consort Liu Bai Shi, who was the consort that ambushed you. And the rest of the uh, of your party while Oka was off talking with their mother, uh, this halfling woman, uh, and she's flanked on her side by a girl. You assume perhaps her daughter because she appears to be a half halfling girl. Uh, and she's sort of like so, like kicking around the dirt, looking about maybe like fourteen or fifteen years old, uh, scratching the back of her head. Doesn't seem to be, you know, like, seems just to have, like, a very open stance. Um, and Consort Liu Bai, she accepts, accepts this cup of tea from this, like, uh, blue-skinned half-orc and, like, you know, smiles a little bit at them. And, like, he seems to be flirting uh, with the servant a little bit, probably because they stand out from the rest of the servants, right? Um, and this, like, uh, half-orc also has, like, this, like, like golden short hair, uh, almost like summer leaves, like, braided down uh, down their scalp. And then, as Liu Bai Shi is talking to the servant, her eyes slide past them and lock on you. And you remember, the last time you saw her, you, like, basically threatened her a little bit. Uh, but she doesn't look at you, like, with fear or with hatred or anything. She actually, her face cracks open into a big smile. And she waves at you and starts gesturing for you to come over. As soon as we lock eyes, Manaya looks away. But assuming that she maintains like that that laser gaze, I mean, I can't help but like look back every once in a while. And Manaya turns to Rev and she says, I'll be right back. Would you on on them those two? Yep, I'll make sure no one tries to jump them. Go do your thing. Hey, try not to uh, threaten her again with violence, at least. Well, I don't have my axe with me, so I doubt I'm going to be that imposing. <laughs> uh -huh. I chuckles and awkwardly backs into the crowd, bumping into someone. Oh, oh, excuse me. And she keeps walking. You stand easily ahead, if not two, above most of the people here, right? Just by virtue of your seven foot, six inch height, like you stand out. People are like looking up at you, you know, like, ooh, like marveling as you pass, right? And like, they're like, ooh, like whispering amongst themselves because you you do stand out in this crowd here as you approach Consort Liu Bai Shu, who is like literally like goes up to your belly button, if even, right? Uh, she waves off the half-work servant. Oh, thank you. Hello there. We meet again. Enjoying the party? Anaya doesn't know the customs of Tzulung. She immediately kneels and <gasps> and says, not like making a show of it, but like a, in an apologetic way. And to follow, she says, I do apologize for how I acted last time we met. I was not myself. We had a rather busy day. Water under the stone bridge, darling. Water, get up, get up, get up. It's it's fine, it's fine. When I sheepishly stands. Listen, what's your name again? I don't believe I caught it last time. Oh, my name is Ma... Ik 
Victoria. <laughs> and your last name? Waters. Victoria Waters. What an odd name. Ah, <sighs> I suppose I must have been mistaken. I thought you were, um, well, you look very similar to someone else here in Dokal. Striking, even. In the face. My family has been around. I would not be surprised if they had siblings or family members around Andake. Oh, really? Then are you familiar with about. with Jada Gao? I can't say that I am. Uh, she's an Imperial exam instructor, a, a teacher here in Dokao. The best, actually, in the entire nation. You just you just look very much like her. I knew I recognized you from somewhere. You got that name again? Jada? Yes, Jada. J-A-D-A. Gao. G-A-O. Thank you. Well, I'm certainly not the only half-orc I've met in my life. It's not just... Well, she... It's not just that. There's just a general vibe. An ineffable essence between you and this woman. I... I actually, uh... My darling here. Darling! Uh, and Liu Baishu turns and gestures toward her daughter who has wandered off to sort of like look at the fish in the pond where the two teen like uh, children of the sixth husband are feeding, rapidly feeding fish in the pond. Darling! Uh, and the, the princess, right? The eighth wife's daughter just sort of like waves her off and continues looking into the pond. She turns back to you. Well, my darling little princess, hey, Princess Liu, hey, uh, I've sent her... Uh, specifically to take classes in Dokao at Miss Gao's residence because she is such an incredible teacher. So I, I know Jada. I know Jada pretty well, and the two of you are pretty similar. I wouldn't count myself among teachers, but... Well, it's not like that's a hereditary trait, darling. <laughs> when I awkwardly chuckles along. Well, how about this? The entire garden is a buzz about how you are actually part of a retinue of biographers, here to tell the thrilling life story of the disgraced and now regraced prodigal prince, Oka Hien. I would love to be interviewed for that. I think my perspective would be quite invaluable. And in exchange, she pulls out a little scroll and writes on it, then hands you the address to Jada Gao's teaching residence. It's in Dokao, just a couple minutes' walk from the palace. Why don't you go talk to her? Oh, I'm just the bodyguard, and I don't even read suit. She says as she looks down at the parchment. Don't worry. If you go, then you'll just owe me. How about that? Manaya's eyes widen just a little bit, and she looks around for V, specifically. Is V, like, in the middle of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Talking uh, to. Yes, I think at this point V is in the middle of engage, engaging with the sixth husband. I, uh, I, um. Sleep on it. Or maybe don't. Our nightlife is quite bustling. And she, like, folds the, uh, address into your hand. Or, if it'll help you make your decision faster, think of the visit as a way to make up your former, uh, rudeness? toward myself when I was simply trying to introduce myself to you and the rest of your party. 
Manaya's eyes widen further and she like abruptly closes her mouth. She was about to say something. Of course, of course. Clever girl. And if you learn anything from Jada, remember, you owe me. Uh, and she turns and starts like sauntering off. Manaya <laughs> is breathing heavily. She's like, she started to, to, to sweat a little bit. She's, she doesn't do this diplomacy thing. And she, I think she looks around a little frantically uh, for V again. It takes two deep breaths, calms herself down, and walks back to Rev. And the first thing she says when she gets there, Rev? Yes, Manaya? I think I messed up. <laughs> uh, I could smell the awkwardness in the air from here. Yeah, you're not really good in these situations, are you? Hey, I'm a sailor, not a diplomatist, all right? I'd thought that as a sailor, you would have learned all sorts of customs from all sorts of places. But it appears the only thing you learned was how to spit well, eh? I couldn't even do that well. <sighs> Manaya, 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 Manaya. Let me show you. Come on. And Rev turns to the side and shows you, and starts spitting. Oka's mom is in her wheelchair, like, looking like, oh. Do we really have to? Okay. Uh, <laughs> she looks a little weaker after Rev spits. Uh, maybe on that, we're going to cut to the interior building of the complex into Oka's uh, familial home. Oka, you have found a, let's say, quiet part of the building for yourself to sort of just like recollect yourself after that confrontation with Toya. Why don't you tell me what part of your home you're in? I am in the um, the tea pantry specifically because it smells really, really good. Uh, and it has a bunch of different like not just tea. It's like all the drying like spices and herbs. And it's obviously extremely well stocked. Uh, so Oka would come in here when they were a kid, I think, and just like sit in the smells and let that overpower whatever it was that they were feeling. I think that they threw most of their tantrums in here. Um, so they have kind of just like retraced their steps from like that, all of those memories of being like sad and angry and crying and coming into the, like into the spice cabinet to cry. And they're kind of like sitting against the wall so much, like they can't like fit in this, like underneath the cabinets in the same way that they used to be able to. So they're like leaning against uh, one of the walls and like just kind of like cast like they cast light in their hands. And I think that every now and again, like a little ripple of this red lightning just kind of peels over the light, kind of like it's like a it's alive somehow. And they're just like turning it over their fingers. And like the fact that it's still here, I think, is like they're trying they're just trying to calm down and just they're just looking at the light and watching the lightning go. Surrounded by these spices and this memory of comfort. You're rather distracted, so you don't notice her until she speaks. A voice approaches. Oka? Oh god. Uh, Oka's face flies up, you know, uh, in alarm. And I think the light snuffs out. You're plunged into momentary darkness, and you see silhouetted against the light from outside. Like, on her way into the tea cabinet? You see your youngest sister. Yaya. Sambaya Hien, 16th born, the very last child of the emperor, and the person whose sword fighting demonstration everyone is here to attend. She's standing there, she's dressed up in like the costume of like um sword fighting, uh, that the special ceremonial garb you'd wear to show off your sword skills, and she has her sword is sort of like strapped to her back, uh, lackadaisically. 
And she's got like her like makeup on, her paints on, her hair's done up in, in the way it's supposed to be. But there's a few strands of hair loose, right? And her belt isn't completely like tucked in correctly. And her face, this 14 year old face, still got some baby fat, right? Around the cheeks, she's like looking at you wide eyed. Uh, and she starts, like, screaming, crying, and runs toward you. And I think before you can react, like, like hugs you. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, okay. Hi, Yaya. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Did I scare you? Is that why you're crying? You came back! You came back! I knew you would! I knew you'd come back! I knew you wouldn't just... Return Dream Hunter and and leave. You're here. You're you're here. If you're here in the in the palace, and I heard the rumors, but I didn't believe. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna smudge your paints. Uh, and Oka's you know like desperately trying to like you know like uh, wipe her tears away without wiping away any of the makeup. Uh, it kind of like gets on their hands and they're like. Uh. Uh, you know, and they, like, cast light again to have it just kind of, like, uh, hover in the air above them. <sighs> of course I came back, Yaya. I was... I was in the back room, back stage with the instructor, but I started panicking because so many people here, because Toya said, eh, I'm gonna throw a party, but it was the sword demonstration. I don't want it to be a party, I just wanted to use my cool sword, but now everyone's here in Washington, so I got really nervous, so I wanted to come here into the spice cabinet to just calm down, like, like we used to, like I, like I... Is that my old dress? Oh, this? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And a tiny little smile cracks over Oka's face, like the first one, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's find you something in here. Uh, and Oka, you know, like puts an arm around her, you know, and, and stands up. Uh, and they look through the spice, uh, the tea cabinet and the spices, uh, and they recall the types of uh, tea leaves that Gentle used to brew uh, to calm to calm everyone down. And they are looking kind of like through the shelving and they, I think they find, if that's okay, they find like a pair and they, they take a handful. These, these I think should do the trick. Come on, I'll breathe something. Everyone's, everyone's waiting. Or don't you want to show off? <sighs> okay, okay. Sabia's grown up, but upon seeing you, it's almost like she's reverted to her seven-year-old self. You know, uh, like like holding onto your sleeve a little bit and like like right like tip tapping right next to you into the kitchen uh, as you start to put on like um some water to boil. Yeah, she's like sits down, but she like won't let go of you the entire time. It's like holding on to you. Yeah, I do want to show off, and I'm 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 the best. I'm really good at it. Okay, I'm even better than you used to be at your at 14 years old, uh, at sword fighting. Oh, oh, really? Those are some bold words. Those are some bold words, Yaya. Remember when I attacked you in Convergence? I snuck up on you. Uh, yes, and I do remember kicking your ass directly after, actually. Well, I, I didn't have my favorite sword on me at the time, that's why. Is that your favorite sword? No, this is a demonstration sword for the dummies. <laughs> why? Um, and like a little like, ooh, like shy, like recalcitrant look almost like comes over Yaya's face. Well, because the sword I like, I is not, you know, is not standard issue. Oka rolls their eyes kind of dramatically. <sighs> Where is it? 
there's this um don't tell mom or Liang Ya, but there's this person who comes around Toya's bedroom sometimes at night and they've got all kinds of daggers and swords and stuff. So I saw them one night and I said, hey, if you don't want me to rat you out to mom, give me one of those. And they did. I think Oka had their back, like they're, they're at the stove and the kettle and they like froze as, as uh, Yaya talks about somebody who comes around Toya's bedroom at night. They like freeze and like a tiny little like snap uh, of red lightning just peels off of the light that they had cast. And they turn around and there's this like tense smile like that, like their scar is cracked through there and go, yeah. What? <clears throat> they can collect themselves. Why don't you go, go get that one? Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mm, she looks torn between wanting you to come, but like wanting to be fast. Uh, don't, don't leave, okay? I'll finish the tea. Okay. Uh, oh, by the time I get back, uh, the demonstration probably starts. So I'll come back here, I'll drink the tea, and then I'll, I'll get out. And she like peels off and like runs and scampers and like disappears into the, the bowels of your, of your, of your home. Uh, as soon as she's out of earshot, Oka goes, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. Okay. Okay. We're good. Okay. Uh, and they make two... Cups of tea uh, with uh, Gentle's brew. Uh, and they uh, wait for, uh, for Yaya to come back. Yaya returns soon enough, scampering, right? I think like uh, before she comes back, you hear Toya's voice magically magnified throughout the garden says, all right, thank you everyone for coming. The sword demonstration will begin in just about five minutes. So please take your positions around the ring and Yaya, <laughs> this is your five minute warning. <laughs> uh, and you hear like some laughter, you know, from, from the audience. Uh, and then like the voice dies down. And that's when Yaya like comes peeling back and she's got a, similar to you, a sword wrapped up in fabric. Okay. Uh, strapped to her back. And it's almost as big as she is. It's like a, it's a two-hander, which is not the kind of swords sword that uh too long in royalty use they use one-handed light tians right they do not use these massive two-handers so she's almost like stooped over from the weight of it okay all right see you soon and she starts to turn and run uh let's check the balance on that yeah and then you hear the voice go it's your one minute warning <laughs> sambaya don't make your older sister look like a fool in front of all these incredible nobles like more laughing you know from from the court uh oka kind of like sc scampers after you know it's like do you do you do you want me to go out with you no you're gonna embarrass me in front of everyone no just stand uh by um oh stand next to the eighth consort's daughter she's my friend remember hey liu hey oka tries to remember a seven-year-old in their memory. They do a pretty good job, I think. Uh, I remember she threw a lot of tantrums. Yeah, and like she would throw up every time she didn't get what she wanted? Yeah. Okay, she's not like that anymore, but just stand next to her, because uh, I, I told her where to stand for the best for the best seat in the house. And then hear to uh, both of you hear Toya's voice go, 30 seconds, yeah, yeah, I hope you're ready. Okay, just be... Uh, uh, and they kneel down. I'm so glad I made it in time to watch you. I came back special just for this. I'm so glad you're here too, Oko. Really? Well, I'm going to kick some dummy ass. And she turns and she like runs, you know, runs out of there. I'm like so excited to show you what she's learned. 
Oka's like, I gotta go watch my sister kick dummy ass. Okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. They they shot the rest of the tea. <laughs> and they burn their tongue. They go, ah! Uh, <laughs> they leave their house. Okay. I think you can do a little bit of a scene setting here. So, as the announcements go out, that's when the sixth husband peels away from V. Uh, that's when we see, like, Manaya and Rev, like, maybe pausing in their spit, spit contest uh, next to Arden. And that's when we see Dewey at this point. I'm so sorry, Dewey. Consort Jean-Ping has put, like, m like mascara, has tried to attach fake lashes, some blush, and taken that all down. And given you a more masculine look and taken that all down. And add a little peacock feather. So you look, like a, you look like a clown, okay? You look like an amalgamation of, like, various things from various countries and all these like little servants fawning over you affixing beads to your feathers and robes to your leathers and blah blah blah, blah. you're a mess uh amidst all this the announcements go out and all the nobles very excitedly you know uh, some of them look excited some of them look really bored they're just here to mingle you know they don't really care about some 14 year old sword demonstration but others look genuinely interested and those who are actually interested take the front seats around this ring uh, uh, within which I think there are three straw dummies and wooden dummies uh, sewn together with hemp. And as all of you just sort of take your positions, you pause in your activities to look. You see, entering the ring, Sambaya, a half-drow 14-year-old girl. She's wearing not like robes, but like more practical, but still ceremonial like leather armor with this like uh, silver sash tied around her waist. And people start muttering because she has this huge looking like two-hander, almost like a greatsword or at least like a longsword strapped to her back that's bigger than she is, right? Uh, and it's like wrapped up in cloth. People are like whispering, like, what? What's going on? Where's the rapier? What about the tian? And like people are like, what? You know, like murmuring amongst themselves. And the instrumentalists pause, they glance at each other, they shrug, and they start playing like the, the sword demonstration like music, right? And it starts to play... Yaya takes a deep breath as uh, these runes light up underneath the dummies. Like light comes up and the dummies come to life. They like crack. You know, you see them like seeth, like unsheath like wooden hilted swords with uh, steel blades, right? It's pretty legitimate. Like, and they start to like, their robotic forms become more fluid as the magic like suffuses their, um, suffuses their materials. Yaya stops. Taking a deep breath in, she opens her eyes. And on this 14-year-old girl's face is a look of just intense focus. Like the look that like athletes have when they're in the zone, right? And she like unsheaths this two-hander. The rope and like the cloth falls away to reveal a massive black bladed longsword that definitely takes two hands to wield. She takes it off her back and it clunk, like falls to the ground and like causes like a divot in the sand. And like the people gathered are like, whoa, what? Like she's so skinny. Can she even lift that thing? You know, like they're all like murmuring amongst themselves. They don't look very, they look very worried instead of like excited now. And then the dummies lunge forward. And then Yaya starts to fight. Uh, and if, you know that boss in, in Bloodborne uh, that's just a, a huge wolf carrying a sword in its mouth. It's like that. So she has gotten a lot stronger, Oka, since you last saw her. Definitely enough to like heave the sword around, but she's kind of almost using 
it to her advantage. Like the massive weight of the sword, instead of trying to like throw it around like a big muscular woman, like a half-orc mercenary that uh, you might remember, Oka, she's using it almost like a lever. Uh, and she's using like a little bit of momentum from her body to just let the blade do the work for her. Uh, so she hoists it forward and just in a single slice, cuts down one of the dummies, right? And as the sword flies through the air, she lets the weight of the sword propel herself forward and she kicks the other dummy in the face, like lands down, right? And she, uh, with a massive motion, poof, like cleaves it down. And from like the down chop, she like cuts the other dummy in half and she like seesaws herself into the air, uh, lets go of the sword uh, and like smacks the other dummy onto the ground pulls out twin daggers that she had hidden in her waistband and like starts stabbing it to death like violently from the face all the way down. The music stops like, like a stray note is plucked. Silence settles over the gathered looks of shock on these nobles' faces. Uh, I think Oka had, had kind of like come up behind the rest of the party. And they just, they're watching, and they're like, fuck, she is better than me. And I think it's like the first thing that the rest of the party would hear that would alert them to Oka's there. And then they just start like, they just start like howling, you know, and like, like they stand, you know, they like clap loudly. Naya immediately joins. Dewey joins in and like just rings go flying off of his hands as he bursts into applause. V is trying to capture some of those <laughs> rings and go like, good, well Done. Well done. <laughs> uh, make make a sleight of hand check, V. Is a twenty six sufficient? You you grab six rings like out of the air as they're clapping between claps, and you just pocket them, and no one sees. And you're like, oh, I'm rich. Uh, yeah, y'all are the only ones clapping with such enthusiasm and like shouting. The rest of the gathered nobles like. Uh, uncertainly clap, like looking amongst themselves, like Toya, ah! like raises her two daggers, like, ah, lets out a roar, sheaths her daggers, and then walks over to her greatsword and picks it up, raises it into the air with quivering arms, and like lets out another roar of victory. Uh, and Toya's voice sounds very, like, uh, hurried, <laughs> like magnified. She goes, um, that was my youngest sister. Thank you, everyone, so much for coming to this garden party. Uh, please enjoy the rest of the you, as well as the wine and the tea. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> a word. Can I turn this off? Uh, <laughs> as, like, like, Toya's voice suddenly goes silent. And Yaya's waving at you with such a huge grin on her face, Oka. Yeah, Oka, uh, it's, like, pumping the air, you know? They like like whistle whistle whistle, you know. I think they like are like climbing up Manaya, basically. Like they have one foot on their chair and they're like up on her shoulder, you know. Like one hand, they're like, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the last thing Toya does is she like reaches down and she like picks up the heads of two dummies and she's like, yeah! she like throws them up into the air and she like walks off victoriously. Uh, <laughs> and like so many noises of like, oh my lord, like from the from the gathered crowd. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Shit, she is better than me. Oka looks right, and then like once she's gone, Oka looks. Fuck. Huh? Did she leave her greatsword in the pit? No, she picked it up for sure. For sure, she's like holding it like it's her precious baby. I think as uh, Manaya is letting Oka down, she says, <laughs> "Well, she learned from the best, eh? 
I think I could learn a thing or two from that demonstration. I've seen you cleave your axe with just as much strength, I think, actually. Must be hard being the second best fighter in the family. Ooh. I joke, I joke, I'm kidding, Oka. <laughs> She's better than I was. Oh, I hate saying this out loud. She's better than I was at her age, but I have gotten better over time, V. You've got Vinash inside of you, so I mean... You think that a god could teach you this? Oka says kind of loud. <laughs> From one god carrier to another, I think you... Never mind, you know what? I, let's let's not fight. This is not the place. I, uh... Dewey pats Oka's shoulder and is like, you're both equally deranged. Uh, and valid point, Gardu, <laughs> valid point. He pulls out uh, looks... one of the roses that's been stuck into his feathers and is like, hands it to Oka for, uh, to bring over to Samaya. Uh, Dewey, are you? No, isn't this, is this not customary to, for Yaya? Oh, I thought you were, <clears throat> they look kind of down at Dewey. Yeah, she's, um, and I think they're, talking with Toya, uh, I'll just wait a second, I think. And they look back at their mom and their middle sister, and they do a little sheepish smile. She has gotten better. <laughs> She's better than you when you were 14, Oka. Don't say it like that. <laughs> Well, I I think both of you were very good uh, when you were fourteen in your in your own ways. Oh, she had a cooler sword. It's bigger. Well, yeah, well, bigger doesn't always mean better, Oka. Uh, you're you're still good with sword fighting, as I remember, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've uh kept that up. They're better than you could ever imagine. I've got an idea, friends. <laughs> Oka, you've had a day. What if I take you out for some, uh, uh, you, some drinks? Is that what you like to do? Oka pivots. And, like, the, the same kind of intensity as when they, like, forcibly took your blood this morning, like, is on their face. The same intensity. And they look, and they, like, like, they close the distance between you and they get really close. If Rev wasn't standing right there, I would kiss you on the mouth. You still can if you want. No, it's okay. Just buy me the drinks. You got it. Libations. I assume there's a good... Uh, oh, how about that tavern we passed on the way in? That looks pretty good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great uh, places to stop, but... Uh, what was the name of that place? Yeah, you saw it. Let's let's We can make our start making our way there. Sounds good to me. I mean, <laughs> at like early in the morning. I think Rev's saying as she's starting to like gesture for everyone to move along. Early in the morning when we were coming in uh, to Dokao, we were seeing this uh, bartender throw people out at like seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. If it's that hopping during the day, imagine what it'll be like in the evening. Uh, and I think Oka hangs back for just a second to say goodbye to Lianya and their mom. Your mom looks up at you as like the party starts to get going. Don't worry about me and Liangya and Yaya and Toya. Oka, go out there and enjoy yourself. It's been seven years since you've been back. After all, you deserve to have some fun. Just don't do anything risky. Be safe. 
Ah, uh, ma. <laughs> Trust me. I'm... And they kind of trail off. I'll be fine, no matter what happens. Okay, I'll come back in the morning, and maybe we can have tea. That sounds like a wonderful plan. I know how you get, Oka, and people don't change that much after seven years. And she's sort of like, like is looking at you. Don't let your go yourself go too far this time. I, Ma, I never snuck out. Lying to your dying mother right to her face? Ma, you can't say that. Now, now, Oka, go and have some fun. <sighs> and they uh, kind of like kiss the top of her head and they twiddle their fingers at Lianya. Uh, no, they wouldn't twiddle their fingers like that. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, they kind of uh, like stand awkwardly next to Lianya and then maybe like hug her and then like run after their friends. I think like towards the end of that conversation, uh, you hear, Oi, Oka, I thought you were coming along. You ready to drink yourself, silly? Uh, stop shouting, Manaya. <laughs> V sees like what's going on and is like, don't worry, we'll take good care of them. When you're friends with V, you get taken care of. No, she's stop yelling at my mom. <laughs> we might have to carry them back, but we're what not going to let that happen. <laughs> we are don't not going to let that happen. Don't worry, Dewey's such a stick in the mud. He never lets us have any fun anyway. <laughs> That's why you have me to balance out with Dewey. And Oka finally runs off. Uh, and they keep looking back, like just checking to make sure that they're still there, you know, until we're like all the way out. I love that. Yeah, the you all leave the courtyard of the fourth wife uh, of the emperor behind. Uh, your mother sort of waving until she sort of like gets swallowed by the crush of, of other consorts and nobles milling about the garden. Uh, Dewey, Manaya, and V, the three of you see the consorts that have accosted you at the party also like sort of like twiddling their fingers, waving goodbye, giving you knowing looks, the sixth husband, the seventh spouse, and the eighth wife all looking after you. Dewey, you're still sort of covered in glitter and sequins, I think, and maybe still sh shaking some off as you're like going along with your party. Um, and we are going to cut to the four of you and Rev heading into Dokao. Dokao's nightlife is bustling. It's almost like a second day. There's little street vendors with torches up. They're selling like delicious street foods, like all sorts of like tianbing um, and like scrambled eggs and tomatoes and little fish that they're roasted on top and like uh, cashews and all sorts of nuts that they're making, they're heating up and cracking open over open fires. Uh, you see raucous taverns and inns and bars and gambling parlors just on this huge main vein leading up to the castle gates of the slumbering palace. And now all of you like sort of stand sort of like you're in the middle of the Vegas Strip, right? Maybe like flashing back to um, the th district of Thristi uh, back in Talmad uh, with all this hustle and bustle. It's almost like the apocalypse hasn't happened here, right? It's almost like people here are unaware that the world has ended. But even though night is starless and the gods have fled these lands, people still gotta drink. Maybe now even more than ever. So now, smelling the sweet rice wine, coating uh, the air around you, listening to street hawkers shouting out the prices of their goods and the, the banging of hands against tambourines and the, the plucking of uh, fingers against various stringed instruments and the sawing of bows over uh, the erhu of various street performers. What do the four of you do? Uh, I think as soon as we're past the palace gates, Oka's like, Oh, thank fuck. 
I think I'm gonna die in there. I think. Uh, I know we already did, but please. Uh, oh my God. Why are you covered in glitter, Dewey? I had to talk to someone, and they insisted on giving me a makeover. Oh, is it Sean Ping? Yeah, uh, I think so. You know what? I'm not much for a drinking man. When I keep them in line, I'm gonna go find a restroom to kind of try and wash the stuff off my face. Uh, there's a bathhouse down that way. Well, at least there was last time I was here. Actually, I, I'm also not one for crowds. But before I go, I need to tell you for something. Manaya's like wringing her hands. Uh, out with it, come on. Yeah, what's going on in there? I may have... Manaya's not meaning any faces. She, I may have messed up a little. What do you mean messed up? The eighth wife, Liu Baisha. Uh... I suppose I am owe her. I'm going to owe her? I'm not sure. What are you going to owe her? Hopefully just an interview. Manaya's bad in social situations like that, okay? I taught her how to spit. We're good. And Rev, like, thump thumps you on the back. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're fine. We're going to interview her anyway. Right, it... <laughs> Would it be okay for V to cast Detect Thoughts on you, Manaya? And, and, like, actually see what happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so V, like, casts really quickly, just, like, shoots an, a look at Manaya, and it's almost like, whoosh, you see into, like, the whole scene through Manaya's eyes, and whoosh is out. Victoria Waters? You stole my name? No, I... I thought we had fake names, but I hadn't come up with one, and then, and I was gonna say my name, and I said Victoria, and I think she misheard it as... And All right, so we've got Victoria, we've got Victoria. Do you want to be Victoria, uh, Dewey? I don't want to talk about a Victoria Dewey here. Come on! Uh, Rev pulls you along, V, like heading toward a bar. I need a drink. Who's going to supervise them? We're fine. I'll supervise. You go pee, Birdman. Rev's technically dead. Can she even get drunk? I'm sure they'll be fine. Oka hangs back for one second with Manaya. Listen, Manaya, the eighth wife, Liu Baishir, she's not, well, at least when I knew her, she wasn't dangerous, but she knows a lot of things. It might just, she probably knows more about you than you do at this point. She might not be a bad lead to follow through with. Maybe being honest with her is... Well, not honest, honest, and they kind of look, but honest or I don't know. She she knows a dumb amount about everything. So she said I had a striking resemblance to uh, Miss Gao, Jada Gao. Miss Gao. Liangya used to go for lessons there when she was a kid. Yeah, she uh, and Oka kind of pivots, they like walk in a small circle. That way, I think. She gave me a note. Is out of character. Is the note in seal or common? Common. You conducted your entire conversation in common. I just want to make sure the note was also like, okay. Hmm. I doubt they'll be open this late, but I guess I should go take a look, huh? I think you should. Oh, like I said, whatever it is that she knows, 
Maybe it's a hint or a trap. So be careful. Hey, 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 hurry up, Oka. You want to get drunk or what? Yes, shut up. <laughs> Mahu's flames, I left my axe at the palace. Right, stay safe. Do what Rev says, not what V says. And we'll see you later. I am not going to listen to either of them, Manaya. I'm not going to listen to either of them. Uh, and Oka kind of like disappears into the crowd. I just want V just mutters, I'm not the one who taught Manaya how to spit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what, are you jealous? Uh, uh, blushing, blushing, happening. <laughs> Let's drop it. We're dropping it. Let's go. There's a lot more things about mouths I could teach you that I would not want to show, Manaya. Uh, Rev says, sort of like slinging a, a arm over your shoulder and starts taking you into the tavern. We're going to cut to you, Dewey. Uh, I think you part, your party parts, maybe like you, you all make like a plan to reconvene somehow as well. I'm not going to screw you guys out of that. Uh, and Dewey, instead of heading toward a restroom, right? Where are you going? I think he finds the, he does try and scrub some of the stuff off of his face because it is ridiculous and drawing him a lot of attention, I think. But the way that you can't, I mean, you can't wash off like <laughs> mascara with just water. So kind of. I think it like bleeds a little bit and there's still glitter all over the place and now he's just kind of like damp and he's a mess still. You see you see a <laughs> a young gnome child seeing you sort of like in front of like a public wash like point at you and be like, "Look, mama, a sad clown." Two <laughs> <laughs> scrubs harder. <laughs> it doesn't do anything though. Yeah, the the way that like if you have like hair gel in your hair and you add water, it just kind of like rehardens into whatever shape. Yeah. So like there's like spikes of Oh my god. Yeah, the mom goes, Child, that's very rude. You always tip a clown. And she gives you like a piece of copper and smiles kindly at you and then pulls her child away. <laughs> I think Dewey takes it out of like shock. Like not knowing what to do. He's gonna toss it into the fountain. Okay. Uh, once you're like, you've hardened the makeup into a crust around your feathers and you've done your best to wash the sequins off, but you, you can't get glitter out. Glitter stays in your body forever and you have feathers. So that shit is not coming out until the end of this campaign. Um, it's going to be last episode, Dewey. <laughs> a piece of glitter falls into your eyes. You strike the final blow and you miss. <laughs> <laughs> Disadvantage for the rest of the campaign. On everything, yeah. Just no self. stealth checks because you're just glittering. <laughs> Disadvantage on stealth. Yeah, it's like heavy armor, but even worse. Uh, you make your way to a familiar courtyard. You pass under the archway above which etches in two, handcrafted with love. Uh, you step over the archway and into a garden that smells like flowers. And you sort of hear voices from within, familiar voices of the late bloomers. It appears that they're staying here in Dokao with Kilohana and Tarnok. Uh, the couple that you and everyone who wasn't Oka met on your way into the slumbering palace. What do you do, Dewey, as you stand in this empty front yard? I think I'm going to go up to the doorway and just like knock softly. I know that's after hours, probably like after business hours. So he okay. he knocks on the frame a little bit sheepishly. Okay. There's like a pause and then the door slides open and you see Tarnok. Uh who is the elf? Uh like I described earlier, they have skin sort of like black marble veined through with like bits of like gold. Like they're like almost like they're a sculpture themselves. Very beautiful, right? Um 
and they like as always she's got she they pronouns uh she's got this apron work apron on uh with this like tool belt like tucked in front and maybe it's yeah like you feel some camaraderie because you also always have your tools on you and uh uh cardu yes hi sorry to uh come calling so late uh no uh it's okay uh can uh i help you i just wanted to stop by and thank you for your your help earlier and i got referred uh your name referred to me by one of the consorts oh really the palace right my wife and i heard the gong go off twice from out here was everything okay i guess since you're here you didn't get caught was your mission all right sure yeah uh we got mm -hmm. yeah don't worry about it <laughs> i appreciate your concern Oh, it's okay. It's all right. And Tarnak's mannerisms are very uh, awkward, I would say. They, like, can't meet your eye, really. They look everywhere but your face. Uh, and their hands sort of, like, they don't... Yeah, they don't seem to know where to, what to do with their hands uh, as they're standing there, just sort of, like, stiffly pivoting from side to side as they talk. Uh, come in. Come in. Uh, Grandpa Hien and, and the rest of the late bloomers are just having a late dinner. Uh, please, please. And gestures for you to enter. Thank you. They like uh, slide the door shut behind you and gesture for you to take your shoes off. Your sandals, Jesus, uh, off in like the foyer. Here, please come in. Uh, what was it that you were mentioning you got referred to us? Would you like to commission me? Yeah, I was looking for um, some help on, you know, uh, Consort Jen was like talking about... Um, Maybe like a watch upgrade, but I also figured if you had that sort of expertise, um, I had sort of a novel idea that I might need your help with. Oh, of course. Uh, I'd be more than happy to help. Uh, any friend of Grandpa Hien's is a friend of mine. Uh, I can see that perhaps you're some sort of inventor or craftsperson yourself. And on that final question, they finally meet your eye. Uh, as they start talking about their art, their craft, they seem more comfortable. Yeah, I have uh, some experience in like the more technical things, but this one's is a little more. My problem is a little more um, spiritual in nature, not spiritual, but like magical. Magical, yes. Oh, well, my my wife and I do work very well together in that regard. I make the vessels; she imbues them with magic. Um, it's how we met, actually, uh, in Uhanahi. Uh, come. Uh, and Tarnak turns and leads you deeper into into the house. Uh, and you pass by like an area of their home just filled with sculptures and like filled with vases and pottery, right? You see like little like clay and marble figures of like animals and people like busts, like a huge array of different kinds of, of artistic things, right? You see like, you're like, oh, that's a plant. Wait, no, that's glass. Right, but it looks so real, like these beautiful curling like leaves. It's if Tardock made all of these, they're very talented, right? Like all the sculptures have their own like life to it, and there are some more abstract pieces as well that don't look like like sculptures from life. Um, they look more like artistic or more almost like a little bit, bit more modern. Almost reminds you a little bit, I think, of art you would have seen in in Nabal, of like um, riskier art. Right? You see something that just looks like a floating orb with spikes coming out of it. And whenever you look at it, look back at it, the spikes have shifted. But they never shift when you're observing them. Only whenever you turn away and look back, it's changed. Um, 
Tarnok says, Oh, this is where I put uh, my art pieces I uh, uh, haven't sold yet. They're amazing. Does that one... Does that one move? How did you get that to work? Oh, that was Akilohana. Uh, she's really great with magic and uh, I guess the intersection of technology and magic. She said something about observational... Uh, I don't know. I don't... I'm not really good on the theory. Uh, you know, they actually... And the, uh, a look of pride comes in Tarnak's face. Uh, the URL actually wanted to hire her, uh, but, um, but, that, but that didn't work out. Uh, uh, c- come on. Uh, and continues ushering you deeper in. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Guys, do you know something about... What do you mean by that? Oh, I just hear their, uh... <laughs> you know, uh... Not the best employers to work for, uh, bosses and all that, yeah. But how, do you have a family that works there, or do you work for them? No, I definitely don't. Roll deception. Or, yeah. uh, you well, don't no, anymore. I, you don't anymore, that's true. I don't. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, are you, but are you trying to hide the fact that you ever did work there? I'm denying the fact that I work there right now. I really do not work okay. there anymore. Okay, Oh. Enthusiastically, oh. no. Well, have you, have you... Did you used to work there? I'm familiar with their work. Okay, roll performance. How about that? <laughs> okay. They're like, roll, roll per- I, I need best. some sort of charisma roll. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's a six. Okay. R- r- right. Um. Hey, if it helps, this should really come from my wife, but... A uh, big reason why she decided to turn down the URLs because well, she did a little bit of digging. Um, she always, she's very smart. She always researches her employers before she accepts a job offer. URL is big. I'm, well, she did a little bit of digging and found out from um, apparently there was some sort of news article released by this anonymous journalist about how they're trying to weaponize a lot of their, uh, a lot of their inventions and stuff. And that just doesn't sit right with my wife. You know, we don't like violence of any kind really so she just had to turn it down it would it really would have helped pay rent and everything but it, you know and then the, and then the world ended and yeah sure yeah i think the <laughs> the six that i got was sort of like a um you mo- no one is familiar with the url's works because they're so secretive unless you've like been involved with them uh so he's mm-hmm. like oh yeah i i know the weaponization was ridiculous. Um. Right, yeah. Uh, but Tardak doesn't push the issue. Seems to be able to sense that you're uncomfortable talking about it, so she lays off. Um, that's when you hear, uh, honey, your dinner's gonna get cold. And you sort of see, like, leaning in from, like, a doorway out of frame with, like, light spilling into this darkened, like, room is Kilohana. Uh, she's a tiefling uh, with this glossy, again, almost incandescent, like, bronze skin. Like, she glows in the dark almost. Very full-bodied build, long, curly black hair. Um, her eyes are pure blue. She's always got this smile on. And when her eyes slide past Tarnok and see you, Dewey, ah, Cardu, right? Uh, yeah, and Dewey does, like, an Uhan... Uh, salute of sorts. Oh, oh, you're also from Uhanahi. Well, welcome to our humble abode, she says in Uhan. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. It's been so long since uh, uh, I spoke with someone in Uhan that wasn't Manaya. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mahu's waves have a way of bringing us back together. Uh, come in, come in. Would you like some dinner? Uh, the late bloomers and the rest of your friends are just finishing up. Oh, uh, Sure, I'll sit. Uh, I 
eight already, but uh, I'd love to regroup with them and talk to everyone. Of course, of course. Uh, and Kilohana and Tarnok usher you into like a dining sitting room where all the late bloomers are eating uh, dessert at this point, which are, which is like uh, sunflower seeds that they're just eating and like throwing the shells into like a wastebasket. Um, upon seeing you, all of them go, do it! You know, they all like leap up, you know, Grandpa Hien like leaps up, you know, very much like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> like Grandpa moment. And, like they all swarm forward and like hug you, you know? And on the swarming forward and like the hugging of, of Cardi Quirk, we're going to cut two. Manaya. Manaya. Dewey has left. Oka, V, and Rev have gone off to drink, leaving you momentarily alone in this crowded city street. What do you do? Manaya looks after the three drinkers, the three musketeers, maybe. Make sure they get into the bar. It's all right. Um, and looks down at the note and starts trying to figure out what the street signs say and going in the vague direction that Oka pointed out. You, I think you're able to navigate your way through. Just give me like a survival check to see how long it takes you. That's a six. Oh boy. Yeah, okay, that's gonna take you, it takes you an embarrassingly long time to find the Silver Standard Academy. Uh, which is, I say embarrassingly long because it was just one street over, but I think you got looped around like multiple times. You're like, I've been here before. Oh, there it is, right? Um, it is a gated compound, I guess, is the best way to put it, uh, with these, like, sort of, like, uh, maybe six-foot-tall cement walls that sort of, like, gated in. And it's a compound comprised of, like, two buildings. Like, one main, it looks to be school building, and, like, a smaller building maybe for, like, uh, students who sleep there, right, or, like, boarding students. Uh, there's, like, an o open archway, no, like, closed gate or anything like that, uh, with the Silver Standard Academy written in two over the top, and then in each of the other seven languages in smaller font underneath it as well. Um, and right now you see a single light is in on like the main room, uh, a light glowing in the window. Uh, and you see through the lattice woodwork of the window into, into the main building. Uh, you see a couple of dogs out front just sleeping and like a, uh, I think like a cow grazing on some grass nearby. Does it look like it's open? Is there like a, a neon open sign glowing? No, um, but unlike the other, I think this is an area of Dokao filled with such academies and residential districts. Unlike the other buildings, which are completely dark, this one has a single light open inside. Manaya looks up, offers a prayer to Mahu, and maybe a half-assed prayer to Scott and Nectus and V of, please let the reward of this risk be worth it. She takes a breath and strides up. Okay, you stride up to the front doors. Do you try to do you try the handle or do you knock? I knock. Okay, you knock. You wait. Maybe your heart beating oddly in your chest. You're like not sure what this lead is exactly, but maybe it's something. Uh, oddly enough, looking around, you hear like the street just bustling behind you, beyond this courtyard, the lowing of cows and the, the yowling of cats nearby, the smell of roasting chestnuts from street vendors drifting through the air. Silence. And then you hear footsteps from within. And then the door opens and you don't see anyone. And then you look down and you see a very, very short, very, very dark-skinned elven woman. Uh, and she's got this curly black hair braided into a, a flat twist updo uh, with a with a poof on top of her head. 
and you see the a pair of the world's tiniest spectacles uh, perching on like the the bridge of her nose as uh, she's wearing these like very humble but like put together efficient looking robes uh, hello can i help can i help you i think just the hint of mom uh gets out before she goes <clears throat> uh hello i'm looking for a miss jada gao that would be me dear uh and this woman like pauses as she like looks at your face and as like both of you like look at each other something about her face manaya is really familiar the her skin tone is almost like par for par like nollies and there's like something in like the shape of her nose and the twist of her mouth that also resembles nolly and she's looking at you like she's furrowing her eyebrows and trying to place you I'm, I'm sorry, dear, do I? Have we met? I don't th think so. I was referred here by uh, the eighth wife, Miss Liu Bai Shure. Oh, yes, Consort Liu. Oh, are you a new student? Are you hoping to sign up for classes? Oh, no, I'm... And I think Manai maybe still has the, the guest garb on. I'm just uh, a guest at the palace. Oh, yes, that must be why we are using common instead of two. Can I, can I help you? Are you looking for me for some reason? I'm sorry, you look so familiar. We must have seen each other before. Are you sure you're just a guest here? Yes, I'm from Uhanahi originally, oh. although I've traveled a few nations. That's quite a ways away from Dokao. How did you get past the dream sh shield? Never mind. Is everything all right, dear? Manaya's really awkward. Like, she's shuffling and, like, wants to meet her eyes, but keeps looking away. I... I don't know. It, it's probably nothing. But the... The eighth consort, uh, Miss Liu Baishu, she told me to come here. I, She said we were... Similar. She loves to introduce people to people. Similar, huh? Maybe there's something. Hmm. And as Miss Gao is sort of like examining your face on the threshold, you feel, Manaya, for the first time, I think in weeks, the princess of leaves inside your soul begin to stir of her own accord. Like you hear leaves rustling, you smell the sweet breeze of autumn fading into the chill of winter. And you hear a such a small, quiet voice in the back of your head go, Mom, that's... I think as, the, as her soul starts stirring, Manaya lets out a... Uh, not now. I, Mom? Wait. And she's speaking all this out loud. What, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Dearie, is everything okay? Are you looking for your mother? Oh, uh, well... Not any more. I. It's nothing. Roll a d20. Just a straight d20. Four. You want to keep it? I want to keep it. With a four, I think that means your heart is on your sleeve. As you're sort of just standing there being like, uh, uh, like sort of like awkwardly shifting around, there is a stretch of silence. And then she like, and then this little, you know, little dark skinned elven woman looks up and like her spectacles sort of sheen over for just like half a second. So she looks at you again, she goes, 
Ali? Are you... Could you be... Could it... And she's like slowly lifting a hand that's trembling a little. And in the hand is where her age shows. She looks like her age is implacable. She could be 30, she could be 100. Uh, but the back of her hand is like wrinkled and has like veins sticking out a little bit. Nolly? At this, Manaya freezes and locks eyes. Uh, I. May I come in? Y yes. 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 Um, and Miss Gao, like, ushers you in and. You step, step into this schoolroom. Uh, and Manaya, on you taking that step across the threshold, we are going to cut to three bastards stepping across a different kind of threshold into a very different place. Uh, welcome, V, Oka, and Rev to the Drunken Crane. Uh, in here, it is raucous, it is rowdy, it smells like alcohol and sweat and blood and all sorts of body odors that you, you, you want to drink to forget about, eh? Uh, you see various tables set up, a big bar, stairs leading up to a second floor here, a fireplace starting to crackle with some low green flames, some sort of magic. Um, as the winter chill, the autumn chill is starting to settle into a winter chill, and you see like a bard uh, on a peepa like playing away like like accompanied by like a dancer who's spinning and like various patrons are like tossing coins at, at the bards you come in it's bustling there are servers and various bartenders working the bar what do you do uh oka throws an arm around v and kisses her on the cheek like big i knew you wouldn't let me down huh <laughs> this is good this is good we can just too much right he needs to just yeah yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, and Oka just strides in, uh, looking for somebody to take their order. What? Oh, Oka, why? Why don't you sit down at the table? Cause you're gonna. Yeah, need... They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> v looks to Rev, be like, "This is maybe more than I bargained for." <laughs> more than you bargained for. That's not something Vinok shares. I would say. Come on. And Rev like thumps you on the back and starts pulling you toward the bar after Oka. And I think um, there's so much like chaos, like people like drunkenly bumping into V and V's like hands get real itchy. <laughs> like she finds herself like, oh, like, she's, she's like doing stuff with her hands because she's getting really wanting to like just rip people off as she's walking. It's like this is a walking lonesome valley for V <laughs> following back to the bar. Absolutely, yeah. The three of you managed to muscle. It's mostly Rev, I think, and Oka being like, like muscling away, like a space open at the bar. There's like three bartenders, I think. It's really busy tonight. Uh, you sit down and you like try to like at attract one of the bartenders' attention to take your to take your order. But while you're waiting, Rev just goes, "Ah, I've missed this. It's been so long since we've just gone out and had a drink." This is very true. I can't. Oka, I don't even remember the last time we were in a tavern for the justice. Hey! 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 We need drinks! Will someone please get this poor, poor friend of mine a drink? And meanwhile, like, while that's happening, V's actually, like, taking out one of those rings and, like, laying it on the, the bar keep and, like, trying to get a bartender's attention with it. Yeah, I think you attract like a skeevy looking uh, lizard folk bartender. Like they sort of like, mm, mm, 
like come up. Uh, I think they sort of look like a like a gecko, uh, and they're like big eyes. They're sort of glom on on the rings, and he comes up and says, "Are you gonna be paying with those?" Let me tell you, friend, this ring alone should cover our entire tab for the night. Whatever my friend wants here. I don't think so. You got you got another one of those where they came from? I think two might be able to cover your tab for the night. Maybe three. Uh, Oka grabs this guy's shirt, pulls him real close. If you don't get me a drink in the next two minutes, you won't have any fingers to wear those rings with. Uh, roll intimidation. I'm gonna use a point of inspiration. 23. Okay, 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 okay. Just one, just one ring and we'll we'll serve you whatever you want for the rest of the night. Uh... Make a perception check, uh, both of you. Only a 13. Also a 13. Yeah, this, this lizard, lizard folk person, like, gnaws until you, like, let go of him. They go, all right, just the one ring and I'll make sure to... Skiva... What did I tell you about stealing from customers? Uh, and coming up behind this lizard folk is a red tiefling. Okay, her skin as crimson as blood or fire. Uh, she has a single broken horn, but the other one uh, comes out proudly. And she's got all kinds of scars stitching across her body. This is the same tiefling V you and Rev saw when you were rolling into Dokal in the first place. Um, you see, like, her, her tunic sort of down low, and you see, like, on her, like, just above her uh, chest is, like, this huge ne- network of, like, knotted scars and onto her throat and all over, like, her arms as well. Uh, rather muscular um, and full-bodied as well. And she sort of, like, puts a hand on this lizard folk's shoulder, and they go, eep! And you see them, like, okay, 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 okay Lotus, I was just joking around. And they drop, like, several other rings that they'd, like pickpocketed from you, V, like, back onto the counter. Okay, okay. Uh, and Skiva quickly, like, scuttles off. Hey, you ever met a weird half-orc who runs a mercenary band? You are exactly her type. Lotus pauses, looks at you, Oka, looks at Rev, and then looks at V. V, I need you to make a intelligence saving throw. A saving throw, huh? Um, I'm gonna use. I'm not gonna use inspiration. I'm gonna use one of my lucky points. Dang, I have zero for intelligence for saving. Uh, so then that's just a ten. When Lotus turns her dark eyes upon you, V, it's like something in your brain cracks. Uh, if your mindscape were a frozen lake, then a fissure just lightning bolted its way across the surface. Uh, and it hurts. I think there's physical pain attached to it as well. Almost like a big migraine suddenly just bam, like jabbing into your skull. And you see like a, a flash of a memory, a smell, um, of, of sweat and roses. And that's it. And then like the smell goes away. And this tiefling ignores you completely, Oka, as she stares you down, V. Oh, God, uh, what? Like, V looks over at Oka and Rev, and then back at this tiefling, and it's just like, do, do I know you? How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you show up here? After everything you've 
What? And as as Ludus, like, there, it's a huge, like, unexpected explosion of anger. Like, the green flames in, like, the the fireplace, like, like, surge up and, like, lick, like, up onto the mantle. And, like, several, like, the other torches in here also flare up. And, like, several of, like, multiple um, patrons go, whoa, whoa, whoa. V, did you pickpocket her? Please tell me you didn't pickpocket her. I don't remember doing anything to her. V, like, is, like, off the stool now. It's like, look, what? Where do you know me from? I, I'm usually really, really good <gasps> with faces. I... Wow. Wow. Okay. So this is the way you're going to play it, huh, Visanti? This is the way it's going to go. Whoa, whoa. How do you know my name? How do I know your name? How do I know your real... Are you kidding, V? Are you... Are you kidding right now? Is this a joke? Are you trying to humiliate me even more? Trust me, if I was trying to humiliate you, I'd... It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be this distressed. How do you know my name? Like, V's like now on the counter, like, oh, like almost reaching out. Like, how do you know my name? There's only a handful of people who know it. Because you told it to me. What? Are you, what is this, V? Why are you doing this? Why are you playing dumb after all these years? Why are you back and playing dumb? When I haven't been back here since, since, since I, the slumbering, why, I, I, V is like really like, like searching her memory and like almost pacing. Like I, I, I look, I, I wouldn't lie. Uh, like she's, this is probably, no one has ever seen V this uncomposed, decom no, not decomposed, uncomposed. <laughs> Oh, she's just like, I don't. And suddenly it's like this feeling about like the fact that she couldn't remember like what there were chunks of missing memory. She, she doesn't know what it is, but suddenly this is like, it's like a hazy mist and it's like almost there. Like things are almost clicking for her. She's like, I lo Lotus? Oh, so that's what you traded. I see. I was such an idiot, V. <laughs> I, I had... I can't believe I trusted you. I can't believe I, I, I let you in my life, and I thought you would... I thought I mattered to you as much as you mattered to me, but evidently not enough. If that's what you gave up to the keeper of the stacks, I... Wow. I had to give up a good memory. Then couldn't you have given up Sievert? Couldn't you have given up the memory of your mother's death? Uh, at this point, Rev is going, whoa, 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 ladies. Uh, <laughs> what? 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 V? A mm, v? A word? A word? Um. Oh. Who's this? V? Oh, shit. Um. I'm guessing at this point, like, it's all clicking back in slowly but surely. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's starting to fall into. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um. So. Uh, this is all 
awkward for both of us, but um, when I used to live here a long time ago, I used to be with Lotus. Uh, we were quite a pair while I lived here. You would... What? This is the first time I... Why didn't you... Why didn't you tell me about this, V? When I was in the the Royal Library, I had to give up my... A good memory. I It had to be good. I don't have many good memories. It was the only thing I could think of at the time. And then just was gone. V, as you tell the tale, the memories start clicking back into place. And it's sort of like a piece of glass or a piece of vase that has been shattered that you're now like piecing back together. And like the process of gluing the pieces back into their original shape is painful and it cuts through you. As you're saying this, you feel like a, a spear of grief just jab through the center of your heart as you remember the moment where you gave up memories of Lotus completely. You feel like another spear of like happiness and like love cut through you at the same time as the grief, as memories of being with Lotus like start flashing in front of your eyes, waking up next to her in bed, right? Drinking with her, talking with her about nothing, right? Um, wandering the streets of Dokal with her, holding her hand, kissing her, everything starts flooding back as you speak. And it's almost like an out of body experience as these intense emotions are roiling through your, through your mind and I need you to take 25 points of psychic damage. Wow. Okay. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. And like, V is like, being able to stand is no longer an option. She's like looking for a table, a bar. She's literally like Ooh, on a bird. Here we go, here we go, uh, here we go. And Oka kind of catches her on the side. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really... This bar. Oh, I, did, I Like, and tears are just like coming down V's face. I'm just, and I think at this point, like, she's just, her head buried in Oka's shoulder, just starts crying so loud. And you just hear, like, I'm just, these loud tears of like, I'm sorry. I forgot. I just, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> And she okay, just we're gonna, we're gonna just, uh, and Oka just kind of like, full body picks V up, kind of as like, and just like one arm, takes a cigarette out of somebody else's mouth, who's probably just like the whole bar is probably just stopped to watch us. They just take it out, put it in their mouth. Okay, we're just gonna take five. Okay, we'll come back in and sort this out. No, everyone, this is Lotus. Everyone else in this bar, out. And at that, the patrons sort of like surge back to life and they're going, what? No! And they're like complaining, but she goes, enough! And like, poof, the flames roar up again. The patrons like yelp in fear. Everyone out. The drunken crane is closed for the rest of the night. Get out, get out. I don't care if you haven't gotten your drink yet. I don't care if you had, just leave now. And as the flames roar, the patrons all whimper. They like grab their things and they start piling out. Ugh. Uh, and Oka is just kind of letting V cry on them and still kind of almost like protectively, you know, like is kind of just rubbing her back. Uh, they are unclear as to what's going on, but they've been around Mercy long enough to know that this is something. Uh, so they just kind of are holding on to V. Come on. Come on. Sweet Peach, you're going to be fine. You're okay. 
What? V, what the hell is going on? Is this an act? No, you're crying for real. My shirt's getting wet. Oh my God. Are you okay? What's happening? Uh, v is like, like you can feel like the attempts to control her breathing, but it's like that, that stuttery. <gasps> and, but, and just, she's working to try and gather herself together throughout all this. And the crying slowly, slowly decrescendos. And, um, uh, she kind of like has that moment of like realizing her head is on Oka's shoulder and has just made a giant wet mess of their shoulder. And so she's like, she's taking a few more moments as her breathing slows a little bit more, but it's she, every once in a while that still that stutter breath happens. And, uh, she realizes and she's just like slowly like comes up. Uh, and she looks over at Rev and she looks over at Lotus to see what Lotus is doing. Uh, yeah, at this point, Lotus has come out from behind the bar. And while you were crying, I think Rev was also holding you and just sort of like gently, like very, very like lovingly coaxing you through it. Lotus appears, sits down. I think Oka has moved your group to like a booth or like a table at this point sits down at the same table as you and plops down a drink uh, in front of you, V. And it is your favorite drink. What is it? Something very fruity and actually non-alcoholic, surprise it or not. Uh, v doesn't drink alcohol and, and Lotus would know that. So it's just something very fruity um, and hearty, but like it's, it's like a, a fall-type drink. Fruity, yes. Ooh, maybe like a lychee martini? Sure. A, a virgin, so it's like a, it's like juice instead of uh, instead of alcohol. Yeah, yep. Okay, she plops it down in front of you with the lychee on like a little toothpick, and Lotus sits next to you, next to Oka and next to Rev. I assume you remember now. Yes, I remember so many wonderful times, and I remember how much it hurt to give them up. Why me, Vasanti? Why did you give me up? Why did you give us up? I don't understand. I don't understand. When I was in the, the Royal Library, we were confronted with many things being used as security, a lot of nightmares. And when we reached the final door, the only way we were getting through that door was with a good, it had to be a good memory. And you were like the only good thing that's ever happened to me at that time in my life. <laughs> well, was it worth it? Did you get what you were looking for? No, was it even there? Uh, and Lotus like plops down like a, a just a a mug of vodka, and, and like puts it down, like from from a rose. Looks like she wants to say something and then and puts it back down. And nods, steals her nerves with that. <sighs> I thought I'd never see you again, V. When you 
didn't come back. When you refused to come back. When you never showed up on my doorstep again. You know, I waited for you. I waited for you, V. Fifteen years, I waited for you. And then I couldn't wait any longer. I had to move on. I promised myself I'd stop looking for you. I'd stop asking patrons if they've seen an elf that matched your description. I even stopped reading the obituaries. I am very aware how painful that must have been for you. To think that a loved one is gone. And I wasn't thinking, you know how I am, I just... I was focused on what I was doing, and I I didn't think it would give everything away. I just thought, you know, maybe a few good memories, but it took everything so that when I left the slumbering palace, I didn't even know you existed anymore. I'm going to kill that bitch. I'm going to go right down to the bottom of that library and kill that. V. And Lotus reaches forward and holds your hand in hers. I have to know. uh, No, I have to know. uh, Do do you still love me? Oka takes a drink. Like a big, just from the vodka, they just slide it to themselves and they take a big drink. V is, picks up her martini, just ever, just takes a sip of it, realizes, without actually looking at Rev or Lotus for the moment, she can feel both of their stares upon her. She is struggling without work, she is struggling to answer that question truthfully but while she's sitting there all those memories are still like right there the the nights of being wrapped around each other the nights of of you know the fun they've had scouring you know the the other bars or all the there's just so many memories that are still just flooding back into her brain and it fills her heart with so much love And after a moment, like all of that is happening within an instant. And after a few seconds of silence, without really thinking about it, she's just like, yes, of course I still love you. Rev, I think we should. Lotus smiles and like holds your hand in hers. I still love you too, Visanti. I always have. Rev, wordlessly stands and leaves. Oh, shit. Uh, you stay here. Just... Okay, Pat's V, they have been trying to get out of here for like 15 minutes. (laughs) And then we're going as fast as they can after Rev. Yep. Oka, you book it outside while Lotus just goes... uh, Uh, she scoots closer to you, V, in this empty bar. And now that she's close, you, you... smell her. You remember her smell. Roses. It's beautiful perfumes. She's tall. Tall as you remember now. Towers over you, even as, as you're, you're sat down. She looks down at you, like her 
obsidian tresses like falling out of frame of her face. She very like with a scarred hand like cups the side of your cheek. And she she moves in to kiss you. V you can feel a little bit of tension. V's head just ever so slightly pulls back and like with a tear going down her cheek, um, she closes her eyes and says, Do you know how much it hurts to forget a memory that you can't remember? No, V. No, I don't. But you remember now, and you're back, right? And I'm here, so just let me kiss you. V closes her eyes and moves her head in towards a kiss. Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Alex, Azura, Bradley, Brookbright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Later, Marvelous, Purple Mouse, Scruffisus, and Target.